timing is never going to be right. So like, how bad do you want it? Like she was getting up at four. She was working from four to seven. So she's probably getting up at like three 30 or three. Like, how bad do you want it, man? Like, do you want to change your life? What's up, everybody? My name's Mike Shogren here with my co-host, Emmanuel Pani. We're part of a group of specialized real estate investors you've probably never heard of. We didn't start with deep pockets or wealthy families, and we don't rely on 401ks, mutual funds, or traditional real estate investing. In fact, many of us don't even own the properties that fund our freedom. If you ask the money experts out there, they'd say what we do is impossible, yet it's happening every single day. It's happening through a new niche called short-term rentals. We are Short-Term Rental Nation, and these are our secrets. This podcast is brought to you by our friends at Vintory. Let's get real for a second about growing property inventory. It can be really challenging, complicated, and sometimes even expensive, right? Well, now we have a tool to help make this the least stressful and most profitable process possible. That's right. Growing your rental management company can be accomplished faster with the support of Vintory. We're talking a total property portfolio overhaul in just a matter of months. That's because Vintory is the first and only sales and marketing platform of its kind. Think about how you want your property portfolio to grow and what your main business goals are, and then experience for yourself how Vintory can help propel you there. Sign up now at vintory.com slash str and get a copy of Brooke's best-selling book from zero to 500 properties in five years absolutely free. Plus you get a $50 Amazon gift card when you book a full demo today. Don't wait. Go to vintory.com slash str. Thanks for listening and now it's time to get into the podcast. What's going on str nation? Welcome back to another episode of the short-term rental secrets podcast. I'm your host Mike Shogren here with my main man and brother from another mother, Mr. Emmanuel Pani. What's up, B? My brother, so good to see you. Feeling super grateful. I got to hang out with one of our good buddy, Nicholas Poulin yesterday. So always... I saw that the promo was real on my end. It's always a good time. You know what's that, like the iron sharpens iron? And like, I have a, a very small group of people that I, I consider that kind of friend. And there are those people that I would go out of my way to go and meet because I know ultimately... I will feel good leaving that interaction and leaving that hangout session. You feel energized or seen or understood. And so he's one of those people for me. I know he's the same for you. So it makes me super blessed to like, you know, just reminder of like one of the good friends that we made over time. And just the fact that I have those kind of people in my life makes me very, very grateful. And then we're talking about this on the seventh figure call earlier. I've been really sitting a lot in analyzing our business. You know, like the, the year is winding down, you know, we're, we're onboarding five properties right now. My most gratitude goes to, to Tasha because a lot of that work is going on for her right now. And without her, I wouldn't be able to do what I do. So I'm always grateful. But really the thought of is not what we have, it's what we enjoy. And something that I said a lot on the call earlier, but really analyzing all of life under that kind of lens. And even the things that you have become kind of accustomed to or you're good at, it's just like, okay, you have that in you, but do you enjoy it? And if you don't enjoy it, why are you doing it, right? And like really understanding that in the life by design component of how we live our life, enjoyment should be on the scale at all times. Because if not, what's, what's the point? You know, why are we working so hard for it to then create a life that we're not enjoying, right? So the first question that I ask everybody that applies to the mastermind or the seven-figure boardroom, I'm like, what is the goal? First off, let's get clear on that. And then why? And it always comes down to, I just care about what kind of lifestyle are we trying to create here? Like, the money's great, but it's like, what is the ideal lifestyle? Like, what are you going to enjoy doing day in and day out? And let's reverse engineer that and get you up to speed for that. So yeah. that's, a, that's a great conversation. Yeah. You've been good at that? 
You're yeah, I've been good. I, I did a day trip yesterday to Nashville with our buddy Bill Faith, filmed uh, some promo content for STR WealthCon 2023, Ooh. which tickets are available today at one o'clock Eastern. They have not been available to the public. We sent one email to my mastermind group, one to Bill's, and then one to the past attendees, and we've sold 200 tickets already uh, before it even went to the public. So we're going back to the wild horse uh, in Nashville, Tennessee, March 20th to the 22nd. Super pumped about that. We've got some sweet stuff going on this year. We're adding some optional workshops the day that the event starts. So there'll be two different tracks. Bill's going to do a marketing track and I'm going to do a deep dive operations track. There'll be four hours each. So really excited for that. We've got Mike McCallowitz as a keynote speaker, author of Profit First, Pumpkin Plan, Clockwork, all sorts of amazing books uh, that I preach all the time. Uh, we've got some strategic networking embedded in the event this year. That was the biggest feedback we got last year was, hey, we wish that we had more time for networking. So got all that dialed in and uh, just getting excited, man. So check that out. Go to strwealthconference.com. Monday, November 7th at 1 p.m. Tickets go on sale to the public. They're going to go quick. We only have, we allocated 300 tickets for the super early bird special and we've sold about 200 already. So there's a very limited amount of the super early bird. So go grab those before they're gone. And I uh, look forward to seeing you guys in Nashville on uh, March 20th to the 22nd. So, yeah. you know, what's awesome about those events It's once you put them in your calendar, they already, they already create a shift in your life. Right. It's like the same concept of like booking a vacation, right. And, and having that down there, it's almost like you put a flag into your future and then life starts kind of like pulling you towards that flag and you have the holidays coming up. So that's, that's a pretty good present. I would love somebody that loved me enough to buy me tickets to the conferences. I don't have that kind of love in my life, but I hope you guys do, or somebody in your life can buy you the ticket. But yeah, Mike, I'm excited. I'm excited for the event. I'd be glad to see what you guys put together last year was. Amazing. It's pretty epic. I'm not going to lie. I might be biased, but it was pretty freaking epic. Yeah. And actually our guest on the show today is a former speaker from last year. She's a member of our seven figure boardroom. She's in the STR secrets mastermind, and she is a total beast in the industry. And as I like to call her miss positive STR host, <laughs> miss Stacy St. John, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you for having me. It's such a pleasure to be here with you both. This has been a long time coming. Ian and I were talking about you probably a month ago and we're like, we got to get Stacy on here like ASAP. <laughs> so today we just put her on the spot. We're like, we're getting you on today. So yeah, baby. I'm glad you're here. I'm glad you're here. So why don't you um, just kind of walk us back into like how you got into this business from the get go and then we'll, we'll take the conversation from there. Sure. So I started investing, my husband and I started investing in real estate several years back, actually by accident. We bought our first property actually for one of our children to live in and plans changed. And all of a sudden we had a brand new condo that we had just closed on and it was sitting empty. And so we decided to rent that out as a long-term rental. Long story short, we got thinking, hey, we're actually making money at this real estate thing. Let's start buying more properties. So invested in long-term rentals for quite some time. And when COVID hit, we got to thinking that, you know, this whole world of short-term rentals sounds intriguing because at the time there were all these eviction moratoriums popping up. And we had just finished flipping a home and had originally intended on investing that money in another long-term rental. 
And so we started really, really diving into the thought of maybe we should be investing in something where people have to pay us before they get the keys. And that's really how this whole uh, concept started. I did about six months worth of research to really kind of learn some core concepts in the industry and figure out what we wanted from a market perspective. And in August of 2020, we purchased our first property. Actually, we purchased two at the same time. And today, uh, we own 10 short-term rentals and manage another 15 properties. And um, it is absolutely incredible. So zero to 25 in like two years. Not too shabby, Miss St. John. <laughs> Not too shabby. And now you've got some other amazing stuff going on. You've got a massive women's group and some whole bunch of other cool stuff. So let's talk about that. And we'll dive into the operations. Like you're like a celebrity. Like we're thanking you for coming on our show now. Oh my gosh. Well, I do have to admit, I pretty much have the coolest Facebook group in the land. So I have a Facebook group called Female Short-Term Rental Investors, and we've got 32,600 women from all around the world who eat, sleep, breathe, and talk short-term rentals each and every day. But beyond that, what I think is so cool, Mike and E, is that we have women in there that are truly invested in helping other women. And that is really powerful. We not only delve into, hey, I need advice. What color should I paint these cabinets? But we dive into, I'm really struggling right now. Can someone give me advice? You know, and we kind of help people on the the real estate and the hosting side, but also being a supportive community to one another. And it is incredible. It really is. And from that, then we have really, really expanded into kind of some offline stuff, or I should say off Facebook activities. So we, I started the Short-Term Rental Society, and we have weekly meetups for people to talk shop, uh, shall we say, but talk about all different aspects. So we have meetups for beach investors or for people who want to learn how to manage on their own or for people who want to learn uh, digital marketing skills or how to increase direct booking. So we have very niche focused meetups each and every week. And very, very blessed to, you know, offer coaching and mentoring to folks. And I have a new podcast that's starting, which is so fun. So plug the name. I want what's the name of this amazing podcast? OMG. It's called the STR Sisterhood. Real life stories from real life women in the short-term rental industry. Boom. And that is dropping tomorrow. I know. Amazing. Tuesday, November 8th. Uh, depending when you're catching this episode, Tuesday, November 8th, the STR Sisterhood. I love that name. Thank love it. You. Love it. So guys, make sure you check that out. Stacey's going to bring the heat and some amazing guests on that. So super excited. But let's talk about your journey. I mean, going from essentially zero to, to 25 properties in two years, like what did that look like for you? I mean, that's quite a ramp up. Well, you know, funny that you say that because... I really wanted, you know, back up outside of real estate investing. I came from a corporate background. And one of the things that I had to do was figure out how to grow my portfolio, but do it outside of working hours. And so 
I really focused my time and energy in areas where I felt like I could make the biggest impact. But I had to do that from about four o'clock in the morning till seven o'clock in the morning. So I would get up super early each and every day and work on things that I could do today to impact my future tomorrow. So I worked on building team members, on building business systems, on uh, refining processes, figuring out how in the heck to do all the things we do in the world of short-term rentals, but then really delegate the day-to-day operations to other people. And so that allowed me to grow my portfolio very rapidly, but not require me to personally spend a ton of time in my business. Does that make sense? Oh, you're, you're talking our language here. Let's, let's speak it to the choir, right? <laughs> the whole statement was beautiful. How you said it, how you came about it. And also that before, and that's, that's a quote, right? Like what you do before work and after work, what's going to make a difference in the long term. And, and just the attaching yourself to understanding that those early hours or those late hours with purpose and intention, with the right why and the right plan, go a long way. Because, I mean, you're the walking example of it, right? Because 25 units in 24 months, 32,000 people in your group, this and that, plus this, plus that, plus the podcast. And guys, I, I've met Stacey. She doesn't have extra 24 hours in a day versus you and me. Like, she's doing it with the same hours, right? So it's just like the intentions and the planning and the lack. I, I always feel from you a lack of excuses. Like there, it's very much this this way of looking at your life that has a lot of ownership of like, cool. There's a lot of work. Let let's get to it. You know what I mean? And you know, that's what I just want to call out real quick because a lot of people are like, hey, I don't have time to do this business, and I'm like, that excuse does not fly with me, right? I was working sixty hours a week. I had a side hustle. I had a kid in the hospital. Timing is never going to be right. So like. How bad do you want it? Like she was getting up at four. She was working from four to seven. So she's probably getting up at like 3.30 or three. Like how bad do you want it, man? Like do you want to change your life, right? And so I want to unpack it a little bit more. So you own tents. You were buying some and buying some. And then eventually it's like, all right, kind of tapped out financially. Then you switched over to management and you started scaling it up that way. At what point did you start to bring on your team? Because that was one key thing that you mentioned. Do you remember around how many units you started to bring on a team? And what does that look like? Is it virtual or are they in person, local? Like, what does that look like? Yeah, so I actually have had a team from the start. It's just that the team has grown over time. So when I first had our initial two properties, I hired a property manager. I was brand new. I knew that I didn't know a whole lot and I knew that I needed help, right? And pretty quickly, I realized that my expectations uh, were a bit higher than what I was receiving from my property manager. And I really struggled with, can I take those properties on myself? But I decided I needed to. And it's actually Bill Faith that told me, Stacey, you just have to do it just get her done. You can handle it. Right. So again, I had to figure out a way that I could handle it. So I brought on a co-host to help me manage the day-to-day 
with my properties. And we had a, a really great working relationship because she would handle all the front end guest communications. If there was ever a maintenance issue with the property, she would reach out to me. So she would handle the front end. I would handle the back end. And we really worked like that for about a year. And then we got to a point where we were getting too darn big, right? So it was a time where I really started thinking about, again, all right, how can we get, what work can we put in today to get to where we want to be in the future? So started, you know, working with Mark to get a team of virtual assistants to help us scale uh, without sacrificing the guest experience, right? And so I actually have a team of three virtual assistants. I still have that original co-host that was with me from the start. And her role is to be a leader of my virtual assistants. So we all work together. I'm very well connected into what's going on in the day-to-day, but most everything gets handled without me. I tend to, you know, get pinged only when there are questions that they need my feedback on. I love that. And selfish plug for Mark. So Mark is like my overseas, like operations manager, total rock star. And uh, he does VA recruiting and placement for our mastermind members. Um, so they have somewhat of an unfair advantage because he gets, he, he brings them rock stars, but they still have to be good leaders. Right. And that's one thing that we teach a lot in the, in the program is like, it's not just becoming a good operator. It's a totally different ballgame to elevate yourself as a leader and a visionary in your business and make sure everything else is moving in the right direction without you physically doing anything. Right. And that's, that's kind of the shift that will happen over time. The other thing I just want to say is from my standpoint and watching you evolve, you know, over the last 12 to 15 months or so, you're super coachable. Like you came in with experience, but you're very coachable. And like when we, E and I, and some of the other coaches, when, when we like give our advice, you act on it almost immediately. Right. So it's like, there's none of this hesitation. It's like, okay, is this in alignment with what I want to do? Does this make sense? Okay, boom, let's go execute. Right. Yeah. The case in point with the VAs, I was like, dude, you need some VAs like ASAP. And you're like, okay, done. Like <laughs> we go get some. Right. Yeah. And I think that's super important. Like when you have a mentor, like listen to what they say, like go execute on that. Cause they're telling you that for a reason. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and I, I always really, really try to be in touch with myself uh, and, and really understand my mindset. And you just, in the early stage of this episode, you talked about doing what feels right and what feels good. And I, I really try to stay in tune with that. And when we are out of alignment with what we want, you know, I can feel that now, but I also had to learn that skill. Number one, and it is a skill and it can be learned by anyone who invests the time in, in learning how to do that. But also I'm a huge proponent of continuous improvement in business and in life. And if we are never focused on driving how to be better and better and better, we go downhill. We don't just stay stagnant. We go downhill, in my opinion, in my humble opinion. And I, I think that is the attitude of every great winner, athlete, professional everywhere. And that's what really distinguishes you. When you start networking and going out, you can see that people are kind of in their ways. 
And there's no shit. Like to me, like the fact that you, you feel shame about no, knowing something, it, that's a like unnecessary weight because it's just like, we're, we all go through that moment that you're not good at something. And literally anything that you look at that you do now in your life, there was a time that you couldn't do it from walking to speaking to tying your shoes. And there was no shame about it. And now we get, we grow up and you're like, I should be good at everything immediately. I'm like, mm, it doesn't quite work like that. But also it carries a huge weight for you to do everything by yourself. And I think to me, the biggest message so far in, in the show has been what my dad calls plan to work and work for plans. And then looking at, okay, who do I need by my side to support me here and not having any ego about it, right? Like to be like, okay, at the beginning, I don't know what I don't know. I hired a manager. Intuition tells me he's not doing or she's not doing as well as maybe I could. Great. I listen to intuition, but I also know I'm learning somebody. Great. How do I do that? Right. And the thing is, just, to me, it's, there's always, you got to fall in love with the, with the revolution and evolutions of your business and your persona and your support system around you. Cause also you need to become somebody else in order to have the leadership that you have shown over the last 24 months. And the leadership that you're working on now is going to show up six to 12 months from now. And there's going to be this continuous evolution. And Matthew McConaughey has the great speech at the Oscars. It's like, who's your hero? He always talked about his him in five years. Mm-hmm. I mean, who's your hero? It's me, five years, right? And like, to me, that is the greatest gift that life has given us is the ability to continuously evolve and change and seeing things that you like. I don't like this side of me anymore. It no longer serves me. Can I change it? Can I evolve it into something that does serve me or something that I enjoy more in myself now? Right? Yeah. I also think reverse engineering is something that's really important. And Mike, I think you brought it up earlier, but my own personal um, way that I do that is I'll write down what I want my life to look like in five years from now. And then I think about, all right, well, what do I need to accomplish three years from now in order to be on track for that five-year plan? And then I back it up. All right, what do I need to accomplish in the next 12 months in order to be on track for the three-year and the five-year? And then break it down into quarterly goals. What do I need in the next three, six, nine months in order, again, to hit that one-year that one-year mark? But beyond the goals, I, I'm, I have a picture of my brain. I'm trying to show it. doesn't help it help so much on a podcast. But <laughs> the goals are in the center of everything that I do. And on the left side are the skills. I have to have the skills in order to achieve my goals. The skills don't necessarily have to come from me, right? So I have to have the right people around me to support me achieving my goals. I have to have the right systems, which are on the right-hand side. Systems can be, of course, technology, but they can just be processes, the way we do things, checklists, templates, things that make our lives easier in business. And then on the bottom are our actions. So our actions have to, again, be in alignment with our goals. And they again, are in alignment with our skills and our systems. So that's the way that I visualize this. I actually call it my success express framework because it really works in anything, not just short-term rentals, in anything. When we have a goal, we've got the right skills, we've got the right systems, and we take imperfect but impactful action, you can achieve anything you want to. Mm, Imperfect but impactful action. 
Like that is such a like powerful yeah. statement, right? Because like to me, no, but honestly, like it's it's the it's the analogy of like the people they're waiting to see like do I start this business? Do I have to order business cards first to do the website first? Do the LLC? It don't matter. Just do right. Like progress, adjust, and change, and keep doing. And the beautiful thing with what you thought, just go back and re restart the show and re-listen to it. But by doing it that way. Any goal will seem more achievable because you're breaking it down in a way that is like, okay, I need to get here. These are the skills that I need. Can I get those skills? I cannot get the skills. Okay. Can I get this person? I can get this person from here. Okay. System procedures. Okay. Perfect. And what actions do I need to take? And then it's just like, how do you eat an elephant? It's just one bite at a time. Right. And this is your bite, but they're becoming very chewable, very doable thing. And in the framework of knowing how you get started, it allows you to be super impactful between four and seven o'clock in the morning because you're so laser as to, okay, skills that I need, can I get them now? I need a person that has the skills, perfect, action, hire them, go back to the drawing board and be like, okay, what's, give me what's next. Yeah. Like, it makes it easy because it's small. I'm, I want to get a little tactical here for a second. So now that you have the three VAs plus your co-hosts that you're working with, what is the work that you do in the business now? What does that look like week to week, right? So how has your role evolved over time? And what does your involvement look like now, like week to week? Yeah. So I, what I consider a CEO type duties, that's how I spend my time. So I consider my role is to help remove roadblocks to, I do still have a, a personal tie to the financial aspect of things. So I do manage the money with the help of bookkeepers and accountants. But then I'm thinking about the future of the business and how can I evolve that? And again, I don't really spend a ton of time in the day-to-day, -day, but instead really try to get that I would say the highest and best use of the the time that I do spend in being strategic and let other people handle the tactical side of things. So is that like, are, are you running like team meetings or anything? Like, is there anything, I guess, like technical that you kind of have to repeat every single week or what does that look like for you? Well, I have what I call finance Fridays. And so I work on Friday afternoons and work on the finances and the money side of things. I have my team all communicating on WhatsApp. And so I do monitor WhatsApp. And when I see myself tagged in a, a WhatsApp message, then I'll respond to that. We do have weekly team meetings. My right-hand person, Jesse, leads those team meetings. And then she and I connect on any action items that need to be tackled or any roadblocks that you know, the VA team is feeling like they're experiencing. And I usually join those meetings about once a month. Funny enough, I I, I kind of uh, discovered that they probably had more productive meetings without me. <laughs> so I try to stay out of their way. I love that. And yeah. th that's kind of one of the points that I, I tell a lot of people, especially folks that have some units, but they're like still kind of in the business is the real time freedom comes when you have that like manager level operator in there that can manage the rest of the team because then they report up to you and you can handle any of the bigger issues or any of those roadblocks, but they're kind of like your 
offensive line that's handling any of the day-to-day weekly minutia, any questions from the team, they can handle it at that point. And that's what really allows you to elevate yourself out of the day-to-day. Because people call BS on me all the time on IG or whatever of like how many hours a week I'm working. And I'm like, it's because we've built this system and this infrastructure that we have those people in place that are running the day-to-day. Yeah. Like if you think of any huge corporation, you think Bezos is like, answering questions on how to fulfill these orders or what shipment they need to do. Well, like, of course not. You know what I mean? Because he's built that infrastructure. But he was at the beginning. Exactly. Right? Yeah. And that's you got, the, if you want to get to that level, you got to elevate yourself and build that infrastructure. And that's the thing that it's, it's very, very dangerous. And, and I fall into this all the time. It's as you're growing, one, you think about the money. So you think about the money of hiring somebody versus the opportunity that they'll bring you by being in your life and taking stuff off your plate. And then two, when the push comes to shove and you don't have the system, shit falls back on you. And if you're somebody like me, I enjoy when the shit falls back on me because I get busy and busy B E likes being busy, but then high level E then has to catch him and be like, okay, baby, you had fun changing a couple locks. Can we go back to doing things that are in the highest and best use that, but also reframing it into like, what is your highest and best use for the family, for the team, for the ecosystem of our company, is it me changing locks? It is not, right? I am so much more valuable to my people, finding properties, finding deals, managing to onboard new clients and dropping things into our pipeline. That is my highest and best use. Not because I like it, because that's what I'm good at. And it's my duty as one of the leaders of our company, in, in, in my case, to remind myself that even when that doesn't necessarily feel as good as just jamming out with my reggae music while changing a lock like I used to do 12 years ago, right? Because I'm not like, you know, yeah, it's fun, but it's not, it's not. I also think it's important that I tend to know my strength. So outside of my short-term rental life and my life before this, I sing. Okay, so I sing competitively. I sing in an acapella quartet, and I've done it for years. I've grown up around it. So, I, Mike, you talk about me being coachable. I have had a coach my whole life in singing. Okay, so you uh, you just don't make excuses. Um, but she, there was a vocal coach that said to me many, many years ago, "You have got to know your strengths and weaknesses." And you exploit your strengths and you work to hide your weaknesses, not hide in a bad way, but you hide your weaknesses by surrounding yourself with people, right? Who have the skills that you don't have. But, you know, I think it is important for people to get in touch with what is the highest and best use of their times. What are they good at? What do they love doing? And get rid of the things that may not be, again, either the highest and best use of their time or they're not good at. Putting the right people in the right seats on the bus is a huge piece of this game as you continue to scale. Mm-hmm. You know, leveraging personality assessments and different things and just asking good questions during the interview process to see like, yeah, people want to make the money and work for you and stuff. But if it's not the right fit based on what they're good what their natural tendencies are, they're not going to stay or they're not going to get the job done over time. They might do okay at the beginning, but then over time, the performance is going to go down because the the money wears off after a while. So it's like getting the right people that are good at what they do, that like doing what they do, 
that's that's the formula. And then just creating the culture. When you can create a good culture, in my opinion, it's the most powerful thing you can do in your business because that stops you from having to babysit and it empowers your team and it they want to do the right things without you having to tell them to do the right things. And and it'll make you not like you can pay people less and provide them a good work environment and they'll be happier. Because again, guys, like it's not what you have is what you enjoy. Like I'm like and I don't mean to like beat beat the horse, but like if it's like I've become so aware of like how important that distinction is. The same thing for your team is just like can you give them a lot of money but they don't feel appreciate, love and and respected by you, they're not gonna enjoy it. And like, and then that's gonna have repercussions on, especially in our industry, like in our business, everything. If the person that answers the guest is not happy and satisfied, their people are gonna feel it. If the girl that is cleaning, it, it doesn't, she's not happy and satisfied, the guests will feel it. It's gonna feel clean, but not clean, clean, right? Like there's that difference in that component. And again, like if you are somebody that takes a stand for the happiness of your people that it already puts you in such a small group of leaders in the world. And it's what's going to make a difference in your, in your life. Cause that's a big thing that Mike, Mike does. I know Stacy does as well. And I do too, is just like with our team, like with Mark, Mark started as a VA and now Mark, like my VA comes from Mark too. And she's unbelievable. Right? So we want to support our ecosystems because we want our people to do well and be happy, you know? 100%. So before we get into our last question, this convo could go for days. I love talking to Stacey. This could go, but I want to be respectful of her time. So real quick, before we get into the last question, first, I just want to thank you and acknowledge you for coming on here and just say, you know, how freaking proud I am of like seeing your crazy growth trajectory and just all the cool things that you're starting to do now and how many people that you're helping now through this this coaching and this podcast and the Facebook group and everything. It's freaking awesome. So I want to plug that one more time. What's the Facebook group and what's the podcast that's launching tomorrow? Facebook group is called Female Short-Term Rental Investors. And the podcast is called the STR Sisterhood. Boom. Boom. So Miss St. John, what would you say is your number one secret to success with short-term rental? Oh gosh, that's a tough one. I haven't given it any thought. Um, number one secret to success, I would say, is applying business best practices in the short-term rental space, but doing it with heart. Mm. Good one. I, that, yeah, so good. I mean, <laughs> why she's getting a podcast? You know what I mean? Like this entire <laughs> podcast could have been a podcast of just Stacy by herself, just talking. <laughs> And honestly, Stacey, I had no idea of the journey. I just liked you from the first time I met you. I'm like, I like, I like the energy and I go off of that more than anything else, but hats off to you for everything. And, and I'm excited because I can see you dialing in your power in certain areas. And, and once that's, that gets unlocked, it's going to be awesome. And now I know that you sing, so I'm going to have to <laughs> in Nashville. We're going to have Stacey here. back, but she's got to yeah. do uh, an acapella before we start yeah. the show. Okay, so let me. We should make her do our intro again. Let me do a disclaimer, though. Yeah. I do not sing the melody. So I sing a harmony part. So if I sing, I would need three other people around me to sing along with me. So, you guys, would you like to partake? No. I'll break windows. Like, the listeners will not appreciate Ian singing at all. I don't want crash their cars and stuff. <laughs> I don't feel highly responsible. Um, yeah, no. Yeah, no. Okay. But 
has been like honestly an honor. And uh, I am so grateful that you're part of our community, part of our group, part of, of who I see as like my friends in the industry. And I'm super stoked to see like what else you come up with, you know? Thank you. 100%. So Stacy, thanks again for being here. For the listeners, thank you guys so much. Hope you guys have an amazing week and we will talk to you soon. Hey, STR Nation, if you enjoyed this episode, please make sure to hit that subscribe button and leave us a review. And in the comments, let us know what topics you want us to cover on upcoming episodes, and we'll make sure to get that in the books for you. And if you really want to learn how to launch, automate, and scale your short-term rental business, if you want to go deeper, then check out our free masterclass at strsecrets.com.